he only had mustard and relish on, needed some onions, but you never put ketchup on a hot dog. Now, I had some people boo me in the first service when I said that. But. Well, Steve and Trish are uh, in Colorado this last week visiting their son who has moved out there and having a little time for renewal. We wish God's blessings uh, upon them, and they'll be returning to town sometime today, I think. Uh, this is the start of a three-sermon series on Love My Church, kind of picking up where we left off last year with that topic. Today, we're going to look at things that we can be thankful to God for about our church. And we're going to do things a little bit differently, so I'm going to invite you to uh, stay seated uh, for the reading of the Scripture today. Uh, and as we get ready to read the Scripture, Leah's going to read that for us in a minute, but Lena, I said Leah. Excuse me. <clears throat> I want you to uh, use your imagination. There's a particular kind of Bible study that invites a, a reader to look the passage and imagine themselves in the story. Uh, what character are you in the story? What, what do you see? What's the scene? Where are you placed in the story? What do you hear? What do you smell? What are your experiences as you're... Uh, are part of this, or just immerse yourself into the story, and then ask, what is God trying to teach me as I'm a part of, of that story? So today, I want you to imagine that you are the church in Philippi, and uh, you have gathered to worship and pray and, and take part in, in communion, and uh, you have been, uh, had a special relationship with Paul. Uh, you might remember Paul uh, was ready to go into Asia to spread the gospel, but he had a dream that a man in Macedonia was calling him to come. And he came to Macedonia and found Philippi, this little village beside a, a Roman highway. And there he formed a church. And of all of the churches that, uh, that Paul was a part of, he had a special affection for you, the church in Philippi, and you for him. You had sent uh, one of your members to minister to his needs and provide financial assistance to him uh, while he was in prison. And you discover that today, as you come to worship, Paul has sent you a letter. So I invite you to hear this portion of Scripture from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, and imagine... What was Paul thinking as he shared these words with you? What do you hear and what do you imagine? What stirs in your mind as you hear those words? Lena, will you share the scripture with us? I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ 
to the glory and praise of God. Thank you. Did anything particular capture your imagination as you heard those words, saw them on the screen? Paul gave thanks every day, every time he remembers you. You know, it strikes me that being part of a church family in Ohana, as Leah shared with us, is a gift. It's a place to explore your faith, develop spiritual discipline, be challenged, grow, grow in understanding, share your joys and your sorrows. But like any family, sometimes disagreements come up, don't they? But the Lord's love can see us through. Being part of a church family is a gift. Certainly Paul thought that way about the church in Philippi. How about you? Is the church a gift for you? Or did you hear Paul express his joy and his confidence in you? Joy because of your partnership in the gospel. You know, your study, uh, your sharing in, in your small groups, uh, your sharing your love of Jesus in the community and, and out to uh, folks outside. Helping other folks, uh, witness to other folks as a blessed friend. Maybe you hear his confidence that what God has started in you, he's going to bring to completion, that he's not done. I imagined Paul uh, encouraging us to, to continue to grow in insight and in wisdom. Uh, Paul reminding us to be patient because God isn't finished with us yet. No matter where you are on your own spiritual journey, whether you've been at it for a lifetime or you're, you're just now getting started in a road of faith, we're all beginners until we get to heaven. God has more for us to learn and to be. Christian maturity comes in a process of uh, being willing to cooperate with God's presence in our lives and seeking the Holy Spirit's work in us. Maybe you heard uh, Paul longing to be with you. It strikes me that something happens when we get together and gather to worship. Or maybe when we sit with another person or a table out there having coffee and a donut and talking together. When we meet in our small groups and uh, pray and, and share. When we greet others or are greeted by others. There's something that shapes us when we come together, when we walk into the, the uh, worship center and in the serve, first service hear the, the organ and the piano or in the second service hear the band or hear the voices lifted in praise, something begins to happen. Maybe it's in the children's moments or in the sermon. You know, when I was uh, serving churches and I would share the children's messages, I had people tell me I ought to quit while I was ahead. <laughs> but I think that those messages here are, are top drawer and, uh, you know, something stirs in us when we hear the word of God preached. Or maybe it's a, a mission project that we take part in. We know that we're helping or get 
actively, personally involved in, support some good work that uh, we do for Christ. Something. Something happens when we gather with fellow Christians that doesn't happen anywhere else. I remembered um, last year uh, a description of the church that Steve offered to us. The church is a smorgasbord of care where everybody brings something to share and there's always plenty to spare. Do you remember that? I loved that description. What is it that we miss when we're not at this place? Did you hear uh, Paul encouraging us to continue to grow in, in knowledge and experience? <clears throat> what came to my mind was uh, the Shema, that great foundational statement in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. I could imagine... Paul encouraging us to use our minds as well as our body in our love of God. Paul is hoping that we might begin to develop the mind of Christ so that we could see things through the eyes of Christ. Love with the heart of Christ and ultimately serve as the hands of Christ. Or as we say here at Faith Westwood, that we might grow into being deep, daring, daily Christians. Can you hear Paul rejoicing, uh, both for what has been in the church of Philippi and what is yet to be? Can you hear him rejoicing at what might happen here at Faith Westwood, not just in the past, but what the future holds? As I thought about this message, I began to use my imagination in a little bit different way. I began to see myself as Paul writing this letter. Like Paul, I've been an itinerant Methodist minister and, and traveled around to different places. I've, I've been a part of 16 different churches, served as the pastor of nine of, of those churches. And uh, in my lifetime, Judy and I have visited a lot of other churches, as you might imagine. And like Paul, I have a special affection for those churches that I've been a part of for different reasons. Each of those places were special. I found that uh, most churches have a lot of the same ministries in them. Some do those ministries well. Some don't do them so well. Some do them exceptionally. There's much to love about your church, and I think this is one of those churches that do, does things in an exceptional sort of way. But we might often take them for granted because they're just kind of what we do, but they're special. When I thought about uh, the ministries here at the church, th there were something like 34 that came to my mind real quickly. And uh, of those 34, I, I organized them into seven areas of ministry, which I think you can see on the board here. There we go. Um, don't worry. I don't have time to go over all of those. <laughs> but I do want to highlight a, a, a few. Certainly central to any life of a church is it's, its worship. You know, we spend about 20%, just under 20% of our ministry budget on worship. That's a lot of money. 
That's a, a lot of energy, a lot of talent goes into our worship. When you hear the organ and the piano, the choirs, the praise band, they are all top drawer. The preaching and teaching that happens here on Sunday is exceptional. It's challenging. It's inspiring. It's uplifting. It's insightful. It's practical. The messages are good. Our, uh, our live streaming is done at a high quality. You know, a lot of churches are doing live streaming now, but they don't present the same kind of worship experience that I think we do. And when I think about all those things, I, like Paul, I give thanks with joy when I get to worship with you in person and I long for it when I'm away. How about you? I also want to highlight our hospitality program. And I want to start with sharing a, a kind of a horror story fit for our recent Halloween experience. Uh, Judy and I were new in a community, and we visited a church. And as we walked in, just outside of the sanctuary was a welcome table. And there was a person uh, staffing the welcome table. And on the top of the table was a brochure. It said, welcome to in the name of the church. And so I walked up, and I said, gee, uh, what do I need to know about your church? And the person there says, oh, nothing. <laughs> Never even bothered to offer me the brochure. Simply said, uh, uh, services start in here at 11 o'clock. Uh, they're going to ask if there are any visitors. Um, and if you identify yourself as a visitor, they'll give you a long swim where it roses. The woman's a little pushy. And uh, so I did, and I got my long stem white rose. And after the service, I went out into the fellowship there, and I stood there with my neon sign saying, Visitor! And not one person spoke to me. I suppose that's one way to greet visitors, right? Well, we don't do it that way here. You know, our hospitality program, I think, is exceptional, something that we just sort of take for granted because it's what we do. It starts with our text in church program. If you're new, you text to that number we show you. Our hospitality team uh, will be in touch with you. We will uh, reach out to you, try to make a connection with you, try to help you integrate into the church. Um, we have faith links. You know, we had that dinner, what, was about a week ago? Uh, so you can come and find out more things about the church. We're going to have Faith Walk, which was talked about uh, coming up next Saturday uh, for those who want to become partners. And if you want to go deeper into a connection with uh, people in the church, we have Faith Walk where you become part of a, a small group or faith uh, groups. What we do here is exceptional follow-through. A lot of churches have welcoming programs, but they don't have the follow-through that I've experienced here. One of the things you can be sure is that what God has started here, he will bring to completion. You won't get left hanging out there. I could spend time talking about all the volunteers that help with our uh, our hospitality program, our pantry work, our um, VBS fireworks uh, tent that uh, helps pay for free vacation Bible school, our Christian education workers, the volunteers who work on our grounds, who come and tend to the flowers and, and the pantry or the gardens that we have out there. These are all exceptional. Or our congregational care program with its grief share and prayer ministry. 
uh, our Faith Connect program and the various ways we try to keep you informed and, and to help you know what's going on in the life of the church. My experience is all of these programs work together to make this an exceptional place. I do want to spend a moment on our uh, mission support. I once visited a church in Chicago, a large church, and I was really impressed by this place. They had a ministry budget that was about $2 million or more. But what was really exceptional was they had another budget, a separate budget, that was just about the same amount of money strictly to support missions around the world. That was pretty impressive. Now, we don't do it quite that way here, but I think what we do do is exceptional. As a United Methodist Church, we have what's called mission shares, and that takes up about 11% of our budget, just over a tithe, if you will, that supports all the ministries of the United Methodist Church around the world. And... uh, But what we do here, in addition to that, is we take our weekly mission offering, right? I don't know any other church. I've never been to another church that does that. There might be some, someplace. But we take that, and it supports special things like UMCOR or uh, support of the schools or our sister church, Iglesia Communitata, uh, our pantry, our kids going on mission trips, our blessed friends where we help people in the community who uh, have a financial need or our helping hands where we help people in the congregation who have a financial need. That's exceptional stuff. But we may have done it for so long that you just think it's routine. It's not. Those are special things. When we add that money to what we do out of our ministry fund, it equals about 15% of our budget goes to mission work. That's exceptional. I happen to be the, for good or ill, the business administrator of the church, so I think about things from a a business side of things. And I want to share with you something about the financial support here at Faith Westwood. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi rejoicing for all of the support that they had given him, their partnership in the gospel. They had sent one of their members to, to care for him, as I said. He was thankful for the partnership that he had. I'm thankful for the support that you folks have given to Faith Westwood. You know, I look back and and the money has been managed in an exceptional way here. I've been able to do things that uh, many churches can't do. Uh, We recently had the COVID shutdown. And through that, people, you continue to give. And we faced a challenge. You not only stepped up to that challenge, but you exceeded it. And put us back on a sound footing. A lot of churches are not in such good shape. I talked to a a friend of mine at a church that I served many years ago. And when COVID happened, the people went away. And the support stopped. And they haven't come back. And that church is in danger of shutting down after the first of the year. A lot of churches operate on what I call butt-in-the-pew financing. If folks aren't there, they don't give. That's not the case here. You have continued to, to give even when you weren't present. There's much to love about this church. 
No doubt I haven't touched on some of the things that, that for you make this a very special place, that make this your ohana, make this your spiritual home that you consider exceptional. I want to invite you to do something this week. I want to invite you to think of you being Paul. And you're going to write a letter to Faith Westwood, and you're going to lift up those things that to you, you're thankful to God for as a result of being part of this church. Write that, that letter of, of thanksgiving. What would you lift up? What would you give thanks for? What would you rejoice and, and thank God for, for being part of this church? Now, next week, next week is Giving Sunday. I know there's a great deal of anxiety about the future. There's a hesitation to make a commitment going into this next year. But I want to invite you to make that commitment. I want you to trust that all you value at Faith Westwood is going to continue. That what God has started here, he will bring to completion. What would those things be? That this church will go on being a blessing to you, to the person next to you, and to the community. So as we go into this next week, think about being Paul. Think about Faith Westwood and write that letter of thanksgiving. Amen.